Welcome to the P-Money Show, where your host, Paulina Salazar, talks real estate. Today's topic is pretty much the differences between mortgage brokers, direct lenders, and then corporate banks. So, Sean, if this is kind of more so you, so if you want to just start off maybe explaining one by one what each one is. Okay, yeah, so... I guess we'll start off with all of them. So, um, actually, in a, a large bank. I've never worked for a large bank, but um, so I'm I'm very familiar with with the broker and the lender. So, uh, as a broker, I've really just broke it down. I, I can you can break it down to pros and cons, but I'll give you the concept of of what a broker is. A broker is a is a much smaller, uh, typically a smaller operation, maybe a a couple man shop um, where they go get a license um, from the from the state that they're in, and they and they get approved to broker loans. So they'll originate loans, and they'll go get a lead that wants to to do a loan, and then they um, they based on the based on down payment credit, the situation of the borrower, then they go out and find the best deal. So a, a typical broker has maybe five lenders that they primarily work with but have access to 50 lenders across the country based on FHA, conventional, whatever it is. Um, so, so they have a lot of access to a lot of different programs. But it comes with like a, a fee, right? Like uh, maybe a higher one versus, I know you're going to get to the direct lender part, but. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a broker, they get, they get paid a broker fee. I mean, it's, it's, they, they, they charge for their services, no different really than, than a direct lender as well. So they charge for their services. Um, so I guess every, every bank, every, every institution is going to charge for their originating of the service um, way of how they pass through that, um, that charge. So uh, it, not to get too convoluted, but uh, you, you, you charge, um, either in, in points or in a higher interest rate. So a broker can do both. Got it. Okay. And then Sean, can you just quickly just make me a moderator in case somebody has a question? I'm just going to pull them up. I forget how I did that. Add. Oops. I did it last time. You just go on my profile. Click on my face. Make a moderator. There you go. Okay, cool. Okay, so that is, so that's pretty much a mortgage broker. So what's a direct lender? So a direct lender is the, it's the same concept. Uh, 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 an originator will go out and get, a, and get their license. They'll get approved. And then they hang their license with a, a large national lender. Uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a large national, just a direct lender. So, um, so they hang their license with that company. So they work under that the umbrella of that company. That company then, when they close loans, they lend their own money. So when they when you hear the the phrase direct lender, that means that let's say guaranteed rate or cross country mortgage, fairway, any of these big large direct lenders, when they close a loan, they're actually issuing their own funds. Um, to they're they're funding the loan with with their own money. Now there's different ways they get their own money. So that's that's the back office stuff. But but 
conceptually what they're doing is they're they're lending their own money so they don't they're not relying on uh quicken loans or uwm or these uh, these wholesale lenders to approve to approve their their loans they approve them on their own based on their own guidelines would you say that it's quicker like in comparison to a mortgage broker it's obviously quicker as far as like the service goes or if there's any delays there's less delays and then I guess just the service overall might be better with a direct lender. Typically, uh, and, and and certainly you found that during the during the pandemic, as um, with with the refis, all lenders are very much inundated with business. So so there's not a capacity of underwriting, processing, and all that to be able to. To, to be able to handle these loans quickly and efficiently. So without working directly with your own underwriters, your own processors, um, you're really at the liberty of how much business there is out there in the market. So, so that, yeah, that, that's kind of true. Yeah. Paulina is, yeah, you, you're, you're going to get typically better service with a direct lender because a direct lender has deeper pockets to be able just uh, to, to hire for the capacity that is needed. Got it. So the service would be there. What about like the rates though? Like, is it, I know that since the mortgage brokers are shopping or they can shop for you, you might get a better rate maybe with the broker versus the direct lender. That That's, that's typically true. So it, a, a mortgage broker, um, because you have to, you have to think of a PNL. So a direct lender has, you know, they have regional managers, district managers, VPs. They've got these nice, lush, you know, really fancy looking offices. They've got a, just a lot of overhead. So a mortgage broker, as I said earlier, is typically a, a smaller office. So it's a shop of just a couple of people. Um, so they have a lot less overhead. So their pricing can typically be, be a bit better. Got it. Okay. And then how would you compare those two to like, corporate banks. Like I do get a lot of clients, you know, especially like military, they'll be like, well, I'm qualified with like Navy fed or whatever, but I always do push them to you because I just, from experience, I've only maybe worked with one. I don't even think I ended up finishing it, but just like a Wells Fargo qualified person, um, nothing against the bigger banks, but it was just like a nightmare because I had to be like, I was on hold, you know, multiple times and it was hard to get a hold of just the lender himself. I'm sure their pay structure is also different. They're not as motivated to close it. Yeah. yeah I mean, uh, I, I guess rephrase that again, Pauline, what was your, with the question? So like, what's, what's, why would somebody go with a corporate bank? I mean, I feel like for me, I've never really even done a deal with a corporate bank and it's just kind of the very first thing that people go to is like they go straight to their banks because they just trust their banks because they've had an account with them since they were 15 or whatever exactly and that's I've read like the psychology of banks as well and it's like that's kind of what they do on purpose it's like I think the statistics show that whatever account you actually opened initially as like a 15 year old or whatever you end up actually staying with them because of just like the trust that you feel you have with them I mean, I'm one of the rare people that didn't. <laughs> but. Yeah, I mean, creatures of habit. So if you walk into Chase Bank, um, you know, or maybe even a even even a local bank where there's more of a small town feel, or they know you, or whatever, um, you're comfortable with that. They've got all your money, so they've got your checking, your savings. Yeah, you know, they've got CDs, they've got car loans. So 
the concept is, oh man, well, Chase Bank's already got all my info. They treat me really well. I'm just going to go there for a mortgage. And and let's be honest, it's it's huge name recognition, um, peace of mind. I think is because if 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 we look at the pros and cons, uh, working with a with a large national bank. There, in my opinion, there are more cons, a more downside to using a large bank than there are a lender or a broker. Would you would you say that using a bigger bank too, as far as like service goes, is because I just feel like it's not their expertise, right? Like, yeah, they handle a bunch of money, but their priorities are more so checking savings accounts versus home loans. Absolutely. So, the, yeah, their 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 forte are the depository stuff, um, and especially a credit union. So you go to Navy Fed, uh, you know, uh, Sammy, you could probably attest to it, and and seeing how long some of these some of these escrows are open. If you go to Navy Fed or you go to um, some of these uh, SDCCU, they're I mean they're literally Navy Fed. I think on a refinance right now they're saying ninety days or they were at least. I don't know where they are now. Um, and then that, that, that's not bashing them at all. It's just saying that that their core competency is is literally like a credit union is our car loans, personal loans, um, you know, the depositories, and then and then just just the same with Chase. I mean, they focus more on uh, uh, more on asset. You know, they want to they want to go out and and get portfolio of financial planning, and they got the private client and all those different things that you know, mortgages is just a service that they provide and they're huge, but uh, they are a little bulkier and then a little more lethargic on getting a loan close, especially within this market where you got to be competitive and close less than 30 days. I can chime in on that too a little bit. I mean, mostly like on our end, um, we see and you're absolutely right, Sean. I mean, not to, you know, bash maybe fed or anything like that, but a lot of times when we see Navy Fed, their underwriters are on the East Coast and we're on the West Coast. So that time difference, just that three hour time change, a lot of times can hold up a lot of different escrows just because we, and we handle escrow titles so differently in California than they do on the East Coast. And so a lot of times there's a lot of hiccups on the files um, when they go through Navy Fed or some of these banks that are located on the East Coast, because when they go through underwriting, it's taking way longer than actually having someone in the same state. Um, and we're seeing huge delays on it. Um, the other aspect too with the big banks is we tend to see the big banks on some of our larger deals, uh, especially jumbos. And I know there's a lot more programs out there now for jumbo loans, but we see them because um, we did the luxury market as well on the coast. And a lot of times these people have private bankers and they have um, a huge portfolio at Chase or Wells Fargo. So some of these high net worth individuals, a lot of times they'll get a lower interest rate directly through um, Wells Fargo or Chase because they, they have their private banker. So we do see them on the high, high end side of things. Um, but the other thing with the luxury market is 40% is cash. A lot of our huge deals, if they're, and we look at huge deals as over 2 million, because obviously with the median home price being at 825 in San Diego, um, our larger deals are 2 million and above. Most of those are cash, um, which is crazy. But right now with interest rates as low as they are, it's basically free money. So a lot of these high net worth individuals will go out and go through their private banker, uh, US Bank, Wells Fargo, Chase, and get a loan through them because it is like free money and that way they can stay more liquid. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that was gonna be, if you talk, 
and if we did get to uh, you know, a, a, a spreadsheet of pros and cons, um, the jumbo market is is very much dominated by the big banks, and they're they're good at that because you think about it, just that that luxury client that you're talking about is exactly who they want. You know, they want they want the high net worth people, and they they cater to that. So they Wells Fargo, Bank of America, Chase are super super competitive and and you know they they absolutely they're slower but uh when when they can when they can really dial in what you know their 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 niche market of who they want to attract they do a very good job at that would you say as far as like types of loans too would it be the same situation like for example now if you're getting a little bit more like non-qm loans and all that stuff that's not like traditional maybe they're more so like their own business, you know, maybe they write stuff off and they need that kind of help. Would you still say that um, it's maybe more convenient to go with a direct lender or a mortgage broker? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I think, I think, generally speaking, yes, uh, you're going to get way more options. If you walk into, for instance, you walk into, let's change it up and say Wells Fargo. You walk into a Wells Fargo branch and you you have uh you've just been self-employed for a little over a year well uh, without a doubt wells fargo is not going to even consider that as a viable loan option regardless of how much money you have down you could put 30 percent down and they're going to say well the the fannie mae guideline is uh you have to have two years of verifiable income to be able to qualify uh, to, to qualify for a mortgage, um, unless unless they put it into a portfolio bucket, which they just don't do uh, for that type of program, then they're going to say, yeah, "Thanks for coming in," but yeah, they're going to walk out that door with without having a loan. Whereas if you go to a lender or a broker, they're going to say, "Okay, well, well, guess what? You don't qualify for a Fannie Mae or a conventional loan. Let's let's put you over here in our non-QM bucket uh, because we got a bank statement program." Uh, for somebody that's been employed for self-employed for a year, we can switch it into into that program based on different guidelines. So, absolutely, Paulina, yeah, there are there are more more options with with a lender or, or direct lender or broker. Got it. Yeah, I mean, you guys have just been like my savior at least this this pandemic because I can't even imagine like even if I was on the listing side receiving a pre approval from you know, Chase or, or Wells Fargo, it's just not seen as, as like a strong pre-approval. So when I tell my clients that, and they already have one with a corporate bank, it's like, it's almost, it's not that I have a hard time telling them to go over there, but I guess this is really helping me so that I explain better why they need to get that second opinion so that they can be a strong buyer in this market, especially in this market. Yeah. I mean, and, and then, and then you, uh, you know, I, I couldn't tell you how many times we've taken over a loan, either at, at, you know at the beginning of escrow or or even during an escrow, and they say, "Sean, we just found out that Navy Fed said they can't close a loan for sixty days." Well, they probably should have told you that before you got into escrow. So now we're scrambling to close it within that thirty days, already a weekend. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it it is it is absolutely. A, a real, a real concern as far as, and especially in this market, because again, it's all about capacity. The, the capacity of of these of these big banks with the you know, the influx of all this business, they just can't keep up, and they and they were never fast to begin with. So, again, as Sammy said, we're not. I'm not 
bashing them. Just deal with it. It is what it is. They are really, really good jumbo private stuff, the luxury stuff. But speed has never been a, a, a speed and efficiency has never been a strong point of the banks. Thank you. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, I think I just have one one more question here. So, for example, like if the rates do end up going up, who it, that's like an overall thing, right? How is it that like some lenders can have much lower rates than others? Because I understand like a bigger bank would have um, higher rates because they're more conservative because they necessarily don't really, they have so much business. So that's why a lot of these brokers... Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's why they have a lot, or I guess, lower interest rates. So I don't know if that made sense. Yeah, so how, you, you meaning, okay, if, if everybody borrows money from the same place, how can pricing, how can there be such a big disparity in, in pricing yeah. and rates? Um, really, that's, that's, that, that is really, uh, you know, kind of goes back to the corporate objective of, of whatever lender you're working with. So, uh, you know, fairway independent mortgage might say, "Hey, we need to we need to be at this margin on every loan um, to to make to to for, to make it to, to fit our business model." Whereas uh, you know, another large lender would say, "Okay, we can go a little skinnier now because we have trimmed operations a little bit, or or whatever." You, you never know what their what their business model is, but there's absolutely they're all pretty close. There are some that 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 are known to be a little higher, or some that are lower, but yeah, it's it's really relative to the, again. I keep saying capacity of of the ability. How much how much um, workforce? How much uh, support that they have on on these loans? So when you work with a broker, you're probably going to work with your loan officer. The loan officer is doing almost everything uh, on on each loan. They don't have a whole lot of assistance. They're processing it, gathering documents. Um, putting everything together, and, and and it's and 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 that's the customer service you're going to get. Whereas, if you work with even a, even a big bank, you're going to have a lot more support. Um, you know, but but again, like you said, it, that that does change pricing. So, and then one last thing is a broker can typically um, say a broker can has a lot more flexibility within the pricing within their rates. So they could say, you know what, I don't have to answer to the to the senior VP of, of lending or I don't, I don't have to worry about uh, making him happy. If I, if I want to make less money on this loan, I can go out and offer, I can, I can just kind of go out and offer this lower rate to be able to earn the business, which yeah, I think that's, that's a whole nother conversation. That's kind of much like uh, much like a uh, cut rate, cut rate realtor. You kind of get what you pay for. So, and, and the concept there is if, if somebody's doing that in this market, they're probably not, or good at what they're doing to be able to have to do that in this market. So, so you want to work with somebody that's going to give you a competitive, uh, competitive term, loan terms, but at the same time, uh, at the same time, you've got to have efficiency and, and, and customer service and, and, and all those things that you typically won't get with a broker. Got it. And then last question, do you pay, can you pay down your rate with a broker as well as a direct, can you do that with all three? Yeah, absolutely, and it, 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 that's called a discount point. So you you'll just pay you if you if you want to buy down your rate. Now again, there <clears throat> there is no set there is no set algorithm with with it, all lenders don't abide by pricing that everybody goes off of. So um, you, you you would have to be if the brokers 
says, Hey, the buyer, the buyer wants to, they want, they want a lower rate. They want to buy the rate. Then they just go and they go to the, to the, to the lock department of that particular lender. And then, and then they say, okay, well to get that rate, here's how much it's going to cost. And that would vary from lender to lender, but yeah, all three, all three, you're able to buy down the rate. Okay. Well, thank you guys. That was really informative. I appreciate your time. Sure. No problem. Thank you, Paulina. Thanks, Sammy. That's mainly Sean. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I'll see you guys next week. Same time. See ya. Bye. Bye, guys. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the P-Money Show. For more information, follow at Paulina Sell Sen